Thanks for listening to the Mark Aram Show podcast. Thanks for Xfinity for sponsoring said podcast. A couple of things in life I don't skimp on. Toilet paper, razor blades, seafood. I want the best of the best when it comes to all three. And internet. That's why I use Xfinity Internet. And it's the amazing 10G network. The 10G network from Xfinity, the future starts now. Smarter, more consistent, and a secure network. And it only gets better. Jump on board the Xfinity 10G network online. Just go to Xfinity.com. Welcome to the show and a good Friday Eve to you. 7.07, seven minutes after 7. This is the Mark Aram Show. Monday through Friday, 7 to 9 p.m. on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Huge show for you tonight, folks. I got some tickets to give away. Goo Goo Dolls tickets which apparently the kids are enjoying these days. Uh, Courtney Thorne-Smith, actress. uh, I fell in love with her in the Mark Harmon Classic Summer School. She'll be joining us a little bit later on the show. And uh, WSB Sports Director Jay Black will give us an inside peek at Mercedes-Benz Stadium, the new home of the Atlanta Falcons, which we hope will be open in time for the beginning of the football season. But joining me live in studio, uh, he is fresh off a five-year world tour. Either that or he wasn't allowed in the country for five years. He's at the punchline this weekend. Please welcome to the Mark Aram Show, Sugar Sammy. Sugar, welcome to the program. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Should I call you Sugar or Sammy? <laughs> call me Sammy, although in the South, Sugar is like a term of endearment. Yeah, absolutely. Whenever is. I go out to restaurants, I, I keep hearing that. Hey, Sugar, can I, <laughs> can I refill your coffee there? <laughs> Usually it's it's for a, a term of endearment for females, but... You know, it, if no one's getting mad if you call him Sugar in the South, but yeah, uh, exactly. so how did how did you get that name, Sugar Sammy? Well, it's just easier to get into the United States with that name <laughs> <laughs> than with my real name. I'm Brown. My real name is Samir Kular, so it was oh, wow. way easier. Yeah, uh, no, I got that uh, name when I was in uh, at McGill University. Okay. I used to be uh, the head of uh, social programming for a fraternity. Okay, out there, and I used to organize parties, and then the girls started giving me that nickname, and it just Sugar. Stuck. Yeah. That, oh, hey, that's a well earned nickname. What yeah. for? Fraternity, were you in? I was in Lambda Chi Alpha. So if any Lambda Kaiser or fellow Lambda Kaiser uh, listening, come on out. To come see show. the brother tonight at the Punchline. Tickets online at punchline.com. Uh, you're not from the U.S. or you are from the U.S.? No, uh, you're not. Canadian. Wow. Yeah, born and raised. Is there a big, uh, are you Indian, Pakistani? Uh, my parents are of Indian descent. Okay. Yeah. Is, there, is there a large Indian uh, population in Canada or? Uh, pockets in different uh, cities, you know, the urban areas for sure. You yeah. Know, so places like uh, Toronto, Vancouver. Love Toronto. Yeah, Montreal. All yeah. uh, a, f- a few uh, Edmonton a little bit, but uh, once you go out to uh, you know the, uh, the 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 little the rural areas, you know we have we have, we have weird names for rural areas that pretty much ethnic people stay away from, like places <laughs> like Slave Lake, Alver- Alberta. It exists. Look, no up. kidding, yeah, Slave, Slave Lake. Lake? <laughs> wow. If you're if you're of any ethnicity, you do yeah. not want to live no. in Slave. Just the just the name on the map makes you want to like. Is uh, there is away. there a backstory how that became Slave Lake? You know what? I didn't want to find out. Yeah. I didn't, didn't want to know how to. Well, that's <laughs> what they say. Um, they they Greenland and Iceland, so they named Greenland. Greenland, even though it's really icy because they wanted people to come, I guess. I don't know if that's an urban myth or whatever, yeah. but uh, sometimes they'll get funky names with places, too. And, and why did they name Iceland, even though it's green, why did they name it Iceland? To keep people away. They didn't <laughs> want people away. So that's, want to talk to the anyone. owners of Sl- Slave Lake were like, this place is beautiful. Let's name it Slave Lake so no one ever <laughs> no comes one up come. here. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, Sugar Sammy at the Punchline this weekend. The new Punchline location, by the way, in Buckhead uh, at the Landmark Diner, the corner of Piedmont and Roswell Road. So... You're back in Atlanta for the first time in five years, and you literally have been traveling the world. Where have you been? Uh, I was in France for the past year, so I was touring France for for the last uh, year, figuring the French out. And what a different culture than the North Americans, especially the biggest contrast I've seen is between America and France in almost 
every way. Are you doing your your comedy in French or in English? Over in there? English. Oh, okay. here no, here English. But in over France, there, France in French. Yeah. So you were bilingual, or maybe even trilingual. Yeah, multilingual. Yeah, because uh, well, I grew up speaking Hindi and Punjabi at home with mm-hmm. my parents because. We weren't allowed to uh, speak anything else because sure. they wanted us to keep the language. And then I had to learn French because I'm from Montreal, and oh, it's, right. it's it's the law. I had to go to French school. Yeah. And then I I took uh, I did all my schooling in university in English, and then you know just traveling the world and watching American TV. So English, English. is your third language then? Like if you were like as far as proficiency is concerned, oh. does it go? Uh... It goes Hindi Punjabi is probably my maternal language. Yeah. Those are my two one and two, and then. My third language is English, and then fourth language is French. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah. That's I'm blown away by. It. I'm I'm kind of a linguist, not to the point where you are, uh-huh. but I I like know a little bit of a lot of different languages. Oh, that's I'm, good. That's good though. Yeah, I like that. But yeah. I'm not. I'm only fluent and barely fluent in English. Okay. But but I but you know I've got. Uh, I took four years of Italian. I took Spanish. I took Latin. I know some Korean. Um, I've got a lot of Indian friends, and they haven't taught me any even bad words. I don't know any bad words. Yeah, because those are the ones Punjab. you want to learn. Exactly first, right. right. Exactly. The ones. Everybody teaches you the the bad stuff first wherever you go. But you know that's what that's interesting though that you know at least a little bit of every language because yeah. it's a bridge, right? Yeah. You, you're automatically building bridges as long as you know a little bit, and then you know once you're in, you it kind of be- backfired me on la- uh, last week. So I, I was getting my car washed down the street, and. Uh, uh, they're you know they're drying it at the end and it's it's pretty much a predominantly Mexican cleaning crew okay. and um, you have to give them like the, the ticket stub and I go mijo like to the kid like hey kid here's my ticket yeah. and he just automatically assumes I'm fluent and he starts going I'm like yep. Nah, that's all I had. Yeah. All I had was yeah. Miho. I had Miho, and that, that was it. I thought that was going to build a bond between us, and now I just can't. Yeah, it. no. Yeah. And I, 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 try, I think I faked my way through it. <laughs> that's great. I think he was trying to sell me, like, uh, a wax job or something. I'm oh, like, right. no, I'm good. I'm good, Miho. But I want to I wanna learn uh, Spanish. I think it's an interesting one to learn, especially in North America. Yeah. You know, with uh, with Canada, we, we we never had that inclination, but I think in the States, it's a it's a, it's a very important thing to, to get it. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. It, uh, fastest growing population in, in the United States. Sure. Sugar Sammy, comedian in studio. He's at the punchline this weekend. I, I I hate. I mean, I know you want to talk comedy, but I want to talk language since mm-hmm. you uh, know so many. So growing up, we didn't. In I grew up in Connecticut, and I didn't start any foreign language training until high school. I've got uh, some friends I saw in Brooklyn a couple weeks ago, and they have two sons that they start language proficiency in kindergarten. That's important. So two of them are on different tracks. One has been learning Spanish since kindergarten, wow. and the other has been learning French. And wow. so they're eight and ten years old, and they're already bilingual. And I'm like, I'm so jealous of these little kids be, because they learn the language. So I know th- those developmental years are so important. So you know, any parents listening, that's when you gotta get them into languages as many as possible. And I feel like the more languages you learn, the more like your brain is able to adapt to different cultures yeah. in different ways as well. You know, with me, Spanish is like my next uh, my next mission, and I find that so difficult now as an adult. Even though I know French, yeah, and they're very close romance languages. Yeah, there's it's so difficult, you know, to to learn a new language. So, so you performed in France for a year. Have you ever performed in India? I have in in Punjabi. Yeah. Or? All right. So, so here's the question I have going back to comedy because you are a comedian. Mm-hmm. Um, is I'm assuming your sets are similar. But the delivery between English and French and Punjabi, um, like, do you have to rewrite some stuff so it translates? What, like, how did? What's that process? Yeah, like? it's a it, because it's not just a linguistic adaptation; mm-hmm. it's a cultural one. So there are times where you have to rewrite the whole joke 
or even just rewrite a whole set because there are times where like when I went to, to France I didn't want to just bring my North American set to yeah. uh, to France so I wrote a whole show around them about them so I kind of spent a year there just wow. just writing yeah. and testing stuff to have a full show before I can put it out there so it's it's the adaptation isn't just linguistic because there are themes that are universal mm-hmm. like you know relationships love and, love, yeah, yeah and you know relationships with your parents things like that that can work sure but stuff like uh, you know that's very cultural in terms of politics and uh, social uh, attentions and things like that you gotta you gotta be able to write things that'll hit the mark and that's the difficult part are there are there some things that are taboo in certain you know if, you, if you're performing in India are there mm-hmm. things you, you won't do on stage there that you might do in North America or is it pretty much universal you know what your what the boundaries are on stage yeah I just do it and then and then I and I feel it out on stage and if I I, I feel if I'm pushing the line while I'm up there and then I'll sort of adjust I like playing right on the line you know yeah and then just kind of playing with fire a little bit backing off and a little bit more and backing off so I you got to just be attentive and you got to listen you know that's the key I've heard that the the biggest difference between comedy in the United States and comedy in India is that Indian comedy clubs everyone gets dressed up to the nines it's a, a place to go out and be seen and it, you know if you're at the funny hole in Birmingham Alabama you've got shorts flip-flops and a t-shirt yeah uh, is, is there differences in in the way different cultures approach the comedy scene yeah I think with France I mean I played theaters a lot more than comedy clubs I would test in comedy clubs and people would be casual but whenever I'd play theaters yeah they'd it'd be a, a night out people would be it would be like an evening where people would get you know their shoes polished they, they get dressed up mm-hmm. they you know but the French generally have better style than North Americans. You know? they, they, yeah, yeah, Chanel. I mean, that's the birthplace of Chanel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. So they're uh, they're always stylish. I've seen them dress up to go buy milk. You know, it's crazy. They're always judging each other by what they're dressing, uh, how they're dressing sure. up and stuff. Yeah. And, you know, like, um, yeah, I guess it's also new in India, you know, because, yeah. because it's so new, people are excited about going to see this new thing that's, you know, a Western uh, for, uh, art form, yeah. you know, uh, where stand-up has been existing here. Well, since I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because 60s, yeah. uh, I think I, at least, you know, I have comedians on the show all the time. And I, I, I've seen, at least in my limited exposure, the fastest growing demo in comedy is, are Indian comedians. Yeah. Uh, is that is that the uh, Asif Mandi, uh, uh, Aziz Ansari influence or is, is it just that, you know, you guys are, in, you know, grasping this this western art form we'll now just take it over man. yeah absolutely no, <laughs> in every way i think it's great yeah. i mean it really is um but i think uh i uh, you know i just think that uh, maybe we have this unique perspective that yeah. we're able to um have you know this background that that makes it uh f- you know easier for us to to see the funny side of everything you know because we grew up in this traditional indian uh, household yeah. in a Western world, you know. Sure, so you absolutely. Have these two dichotomies that you're growing yeah. up with your whole life. It's gonna give you so much cultural material, so much funny material because you have these two parts of you that are tugging at each other constantly, you know. So I think I think that's a big important part. But Indians, you're starting to see it everywhere. They're starting to. Um, I think evolve in different uh, spheres of life. I mean, you see uh, Dr. Sanjay Gupta on CNN. Yeah, you'll see absolutely. You know, uh, Indian American success stories everywhere yeah. you go. Uh, real quick, before we go to break, I got to ask you a very important question. Mm-hmm. 
Bend It Like Beckham. Amazing movie or no? I haven't seen it yet. Shut up. No, I have not seen it. How yet. have you not seen Bend It Like Beckham? I've not seen. It. I know it's a it's spoiler a, it's alert. A it's an amazing movie. Is it? It's okay. fantastic. Right, I, I love gotta, that movie. I got to check it out. You know yeah. what? That's going to be homework for this weekend. Absolutely. Okay. Wherever the, the punchline's putting you up. Get it on demand. I'll pay for it. Deal. Uh, Sugar Sammy, hang out one more segment? Yep. All right. Uh, we're coming back with Sugar Sammy. Uh, obviously, hugely funny and diverse, and you got to uh, follow him on all the social media. Where can we find you on social media? Uh, just look up Sugar Sammy on uh, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, Sugar Sammy K. And we're not going to find any, like, porn sites, you know, because that's a little, like, <laughs> you know, that could be dicey. That's Sugar out of Sammy. control. Out of all my right. control. All right. Sugar Sammy K. <laughs> hang tight. We'll be right back. This is The Mark Aram Show. Welcome back. Friday edition of the Mark Aram Show. Hope you have a great weekend planned. By the way, uh, if you're not going to see Sugar Sammy at the Punchline this weekend, A, shame on you. Uh, B, you should. Tickets available at punchline.com. But in, in between, go check out the Atlanta Food and Wine Festival going on all weekend in Midtown Atlanta. We had uh, the co-founder on the other day, and it's really – and if you get a, t- a second, sh- uh, Sugar – yeah, sugar. sugar. If you get a chance, uh, the the greatest chefs from the southeastern United States will be converging in, in Midtown Atlanta this weekend. Wow, is and that daytime as well? Yeah, oh, daytime, nighttime. Go. It's it's wine, it's food. It's I mean, literally fantastic. That'll stuff. be one of my activities then. On uh, I'll go on Sunday. Yeah, excellent. Okay. And not the food's not as good as it is at the Punchline at the Landmark Diner. Obviously, okay, best tuna melt in the South, All but. Right. Um, do you have dietary restrictions? Uh, I try to be uh, low carb. That's it. Like that's low it. carb and yeah, that's pretty much it. All right. And I cut away, stay away from the sweets. All right. But not no like, uh, you know, Indian cultural no, kind of. No, I eat pork, beef, everything. <laughs> I, go, I eat every animal that I can get as well, long low carb, as, long as it's it. not surrounded with bread, I can eat it. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, Sugar Sammy's at the Punchline this weekend. Shows tonight, tomorrow, and Sunday. Tickets available online at punchline.com. From Atlanta, where are you heading next? Where, where, where to? Uh, I'm going to Houston next oh. and then Austin. So, Excellent. Uh, yeah, two more Have weeks. you, and, and we don't have much time, but real quick, have you ever uh, – had bad experiences with audience because of your ethnicity or you know do do oh i mean yeah but i mean it, it it's never been an audience it's like a whole audience it's been like one member one guy of yeah, the yeah. Audience. yeah i've i've had that obviously of course uh i was in uh, england that happened once i was in bristol and this guy yelled out he's like i was like hey what's up my name's sugar sammy i started i was just starting yeah and the guy yelled out we don't like, and then the N word. Wow, the N word, and I'm like, uh, <laughs> I look behind me. I'm like, uh, yeah, I was like, uh, who's there? Is there someone behind me? Because I, I was like, if you guys are gonna be racist, at least be right. You yeah, know? like get be the precise. right. Yeah, I was like, I was like, way You're off. And then, Michael Jackson is shade. Exactly. And then everybody came and apologized on his behalf yeah. after, and he got kicked out by a bouncer who was black, and I said, look at the irony on this Right, one. exactly. He yells out the N-word and then gets kicked out by a black guy. I got like, to tell you feel? a funny story real quick. Yeah. So I grew up in Connecticut, and we're, in Connecticut you buy liquor. It's called a package store. Okay. Okay? <laughs> and shorthand we say, oh, we're you know we're going to the packy. Oh, man. So no, my buddy no. is a, a documentary filmmaker, in, uh, and he's in London, and he's hanging out with some London people, and he's there for a couple months, and he's staying in their flat, and they're about to go out to the bar or whatever, a concert, 
And he goes, hey, do you guys want to hit a packy before we go to the show? <laughs> and they looked at him like, what are you talking about? And he goes, no, let's make a packy run. And they're like, this race is so American. What? But, you know, that apparently. In his head, you were chasing an Indian exactly, guy beating right. him up exactly. before, before, before going the out. concert. Yeah. You want to make a packy run. You want to hit a packy. I'm using that on stage. Yeah, That's please. Have free. <laughs> That's so All right. Funny. Well, listen, I'm going to come see you, Sugar, uh, tomorrow night, obviously, because uh, I'm on the air right now. Okay. Okay, uh, but punchline stage again. Tell us where we can find you on social media. Yeah, just sugarsammy.com, and then you'll you'll find me everywhere. Uh, Sugarsammy on Facebook, Sugarsammy on Twitter, Sugarsammyk on Instagram. Be a pleasure. Come come say hi. Excellent. Great to meet you, Sugar. Coming Thank up you. after news, weather, and traffic. WSB Sports Director Jay Black previews Mercedes-Benz Stadium. This is the Mark Aram Show. Loyal listeners of the Mark Aram Show know that on many occasions I've talked about my first crush ever. She went by the name of Pam House. That was an alias, however. That was a character played by the next guest on the show, Courtney Thorne-Smith, the aforementioned Pam House. Uh, Courtney, welcome to the Mark Aram Show. How are you? Pam House. Pam House, right? <laughs> what was Pam House from? Are you kidding me? Summer school? Pam House? That was her name, Pam. Oh, my gosh. Isn't that so crazy that I don't remember? I'm glad you remember. Uh, I, I mean, listen, that was a very those were formative years of my life, uh, Courtney, so I, I will never forget Pam. I hear that school. from quite a few men. Apparently, <laughs> that wetsuit got a little, a lot of little hearts going. That well, I was like twelve, so I was like, <sighs> "Oh, that's what cute girls do to my body." <laughs> <laughs> and well, yeah, thank you. I'm very flattered. And and ever since, I've obviously been a fan because that left an indelible mark. Um, <laughs> if you don't mind, just just I just want to talk a minute about summer school. Although you might not want to talk about it because you don't remember it that well. Um, I had no I, idea. I knew the name was familiar, but I couldn't place it. That was a very long time ago. I love the movie. I remember everything about it, but apparently my name. How how old were you when, when you shot summer school? I think I turned 19 while I was doing it. Wow. Um, and I didn't know, I mean, I'm a huge fan of that movie, but I didn't know until recently, correct me if I'm wrong, Carl Reiner directed that film? He did. And I wanted to do, there was another movie that was, the, it was a lead role about these two people who get drunk and spend the night in the city. And I said, I want to do that. And my agent said, no, you're doing the movie Carl Reiner. <laughs> Thank God. Thank God for good representation because it was a gift of a gift. He was the most generous director. He would do something in a scene. Oftentimes, you'll, as an actor, you'll do something in a scene and the director will say, I know what you should do. Pick up the bottle. And he'll say, I just did that. With Carl, he would say, walk across the room, pick up the green hat, and put it on, and then you'll do it, and then he'll say, oh, that was such a great idea you had, and give you credit for what he did, which is exactly the opposite of what normally happened. That's unbelievable. At, at 19, did you, did you know who Carl Reiner was and, and, and what kind of a career he'd already had to that point? I knew. I mean, I, I, I knew he'd been um, a part of the Dick Van Dyke show. I sort of knew, not to the extent I would know later. I was just so young, I didn't understand what an icon he was. But working with him was one of the big gifts of my career. And, and then later, he did guest spots on Two and a Half Men when I was there. So I got to see him again and to thank him in person and tell him how important he was. He, and, of course, he said, no, you are important to me <laughs> because that's who he is. No, you're, you know, I've, I've interviewed him on the uh, show a couple of times, and you're right. I mean, even as uh, he's never met me in person, but so gracious uh, as, as when he's being interviewed, I can only imagine what he's like uh, working on a movie set or a TV set. He, so generous, right? It just pours out of him. He's just so generous, such a mensch. 
an American legend. All right, Courtney, let's go to yes. let's let's fast forward to 2017. We'll get out of my prepubescent years. Speaking of American legends, am I right? <laughs> exactly right. Exactly. <laughs> um, tell me about Sight Unseen and Emma Fielding Mystery airing June 4th. Yeah, so this is a movie that um, I did for the Hallmark Channel. We're very excited about it. It's based on a series of books by Dana Cameron about Emma Fielding, who is an archaeologist who uh, stumbles upon crimes in her work as an archaeologist. And I was really excited about it because, first of all, I love archaeology and I love the idea of uncovering our past. And I, and I thought it was such a great idea to, to connect that with a modern-day mystery because there are reasons she would come across crimes and you can tie it into history and I love telling those stories while we're telling the the story of what's going on in modern day I just thought it was so exciting I are you like me because when when um, Indiana Jones came out um, that I mean everyone in my school was like okay I want to be an archaeologist now was were you impacted by that movie as all to, to spur your uh, love of archaeology or interest in archaeology? No, I think I thought, I want to act in a movie about an archaeologist. <laughs> and that's where my mind goes. I never think I actually want to do something. I think, oh, I want to play that on TV. Because that's what, that's what I think. Well, when, I was, I, when I was in school, literally, the, the week after uh, Indiana Jones and the Lost Ark came out, um, every, every guy in my class wanted to be an archaeologist after that film. It was, it was quite impressive. So I'm, a, I'm assuming after your film comes out, that all the ladies in, the, uh, in, in grade school want to become archaeologists. Well, that would be amazing, wouldn't it? Dana Cameron, who writes the books, is an archaeology professor. So it's full of great information. And they had an expert there on set, so I wouldn't look like an idiot. And um, it was fascinating. It really is painstaking work. I mean, you're doing a lot of bending and digging and, you know, and moving around. It was good for me because I'm very crafty, so that stuff is very fun for me. I don't mind sitting around inch by inch moving dirt off a pile, but <laughs> I think it's a very specific patient personality. Excellent. Well, it uh, airs June 4th on the Hallmark Channel. Uh, I can't wait to see it. I Obviously, a, I've been a big fan of yours for many, many years, and uh, I really appreciate your time today. Oh, thanks so much. I hope you enjoy it. Much thanks to uh, Courtney Thorne-Smith for joining us on the Mark Aram Show. Tough act to follow, but he's going to try anyway. He's WSB Radio Sports Director Jay Black. Jay, welcome back to the Mark Aram Show once again. How I'm are not, you? I'm not very good at following the nice ladies around. I'm sorry. Oh, man, I tell you what. <laughs> summer school, I saw that when I was a kid. Oh, yeah. And there was a lot of good things in that movie. It's a good movie. I haven't, uh, I haven't seen it. Yeah. It, I, if you have a chance this weekend, Mark yeah. Harmon okay. in perhaps his greatest role ever. And Courtney Thorne-Smith just pops off the screen. And, uh, yeah, anyway, I move on. I digress. More important issues here. Uh, football season just around the corner. The uh, college kids and the NFL guys uh, and the Falcons coming off of uh, last year's amazing run to the Super Bowl, then the amazing loss in the Super Bowl. And we're about to hopefully have an amazing new stadium, Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Uh, you got a sneak preview again last, although a couple days ago. Yes, that's Wednesday. correct. Yeah, yeah Wednesday. Yep. Wednesday. So uh, what can you report as our sports director on the progress of Mercedes-Benz Stadium? Well, I can report that when you look at it, it looks like they're not going to make it. The deadline is August 26. There's a lot of stuff that still needs to be done. But the construction people told me, hey, we've got 2,000 people a day working around the clock. We can get a lot accomplished in a day. We're going to make it. Yeah. Everything's going to be fine. We're, we like where we're at. Now, to be fair, they've said that before. Yeah. And we've kind of pushed things back. So the next question is, well, what about the roof? Because that's what's been slowing things up. All the steel for the roof is in place. That's okay. That's all done. 
on Friday, they are continuing the process of closing the roof for the first time. It's going to be a long process because they got to measure and test to make sure everything yeah. works. Now, if you look at some of the pictures on WSBradio.com, you'll see, like, big holes in the roof. It looks yeah. like, well, there should be something there. What? It's not going to be any steel. They'll Once the roof fits, they'll put this clear plastic-like substance to allow light in. over the top so it'll be almost like glass. So even when the roof is closed, light will come in. So they say they're 90% finished. They got 10% to go. Well, I saw the, the the picture gallery you posted at wsbradio.com and I saw dirt on the uh, on where the field yeah, is going to be. Yeah, the the field's not coming in until July. Okay. Cuz they've got to get the cranes out of there. Yeah. So the cranes will leave once they get the roof finished and the halo board, the giant video board that goes around the entire circumference at the top of the stadium. Once all that gets out of the way, they can clear the cranes and field turf will come and put the turf down in July. Is it going to be the same turf that we had at the Georgia yeah, Dome? Yeah, same okay, turf. Okay, yeah. so it's not anything... There's no grass. No, Yeah, we, we knew that yes. wasn't going to be... What What are their... I mean, is uh, default status will be the roof open, right? They they say this place is built to be open. And most te- mo- most leagues, you have to like declare 90 minutes before the game starts that the roof's going to be open or closed. Yeah. So they say... Even if there's a chance of rain, they're still going to leave it open because the field is weatherized. It can it can take water, and there's a there's an actual drainage system with an artificial turf field that can take the water. And the way the roof is built, most of the seats will be covered anyway, so the fans won't get wet. So even if there's like a slight chance of like the Super Bowl, there was a slight chance of rain, yeah. they had to close the roof. Gotcha. They say they're not going to do that because they want to keep the roof open as much as possible. WSB Radio Sports Director Jay Black joining us on the Mark Aram Show. If the roof's not ready to go by uh, kickoff for the first game, will they still play and just keep the roof open and, and we'll worry about the roof later? We didn't address that. Um, I, from some construction people I've talked to, I would be surprised that they could operate in that building if it's not fully functional. They can get a certificate of occupancy if it's not fully functional. Gotcha. But we did not We did not address that. Yeah. I, My gut, and I, I, you know, I don't have any inside information. My dad's in construction. I'm not in construction. Yeah. My gut is they're going to make it. Yeah. Because who wants to be the poor guy that's going to tell Arthur Blank they got to move the Falcons sure. game into the dome? Yeah. Well, that. So. But that's a telling thing that they're not tearing the dome down yet, as a, as a failsafe. Why, why? You know, you can't do anything with the land for this season anyway. Yeah. So might as well keep it up. Why? What? It's not going to. They're not losing anything by not tearing it down right now. So just in case you have that opportunity. Just in case something happens, leave at, it there. I, I have to ask, why not get in touch with the f- fine folks at C.W. Matthews and say, hey, <laughs> you know, come finish this roof for us. You did a great job on the 85 rebuild. Come in here and fix this thing. I have a feeling putting that bridge up there is a little more normal than dealing with yeah. this. Because when you see it, it's like, wow, there is a lot going on. you got eight pedals that move in different directions, yeah. and you've got to – you got to get it perfect. There can't be any water that gets through. So I, you, I can understand why there's a lot going on there. I have not yet gone inside like you. You, you are a very important sports director. I'm you were invited. You a were lowly invited. traffic. Uh, you were invited. Talked, understood. But I've only seen the outside. Yes. The outside looks fantastic. And w- what it it does is it's a signature look. Yes. So this this is um, as far as Atlanta sports are concerned. This is going to be the signature. Uh, look for the city of Atlanta sports. I mean, that's a striking-looking building. What I've said when we talked about when SunTrust Park opened, that there wasn't really any kind of signature feature that made it stand. As a yeah. nice, it's a nice ballpark, but there's nothing. This, on the other hand, you know exactly yeah. what it is. It is unlike anything I've ever seen in any sporting event I've covered. I do think the outside's kind of ugly a little bit, but it is unique. It is truly 
striking when you see it's it dwarfs the Georgia Dome, it makes yeah. the Georgia Dome look small. That is not a small building. And inside, it's amazing what having that light, not just from the open roof, but even when it's closed, the light comes in and the windows they have, you can look out and see the Atlanta skyline. It's amazing how much different it is just letting all that light come in. Well, I, I went uh, to Phillips Arena, so I, I was ground level looking at uh-huh. the, the stadium, and I, I was blown away in person. I, I was like, wow, that's a huge structure. And I, I think it's cool looking. I, I'm glad it's not, you know, they talk about uh, the, the Jerry Jones monstrosity yeah, yeah. in Texas. That doesn't, you know, it doesn't look like anything special. This yeah. looks special. It is special. Hopefully it'll be ready for... for. Uh, but it, it, and the bottom line is it'll be ready eventually. Yeah. It'll eventually get eventually built. Eventually it's going to get built. And all this and all that talk's going to go away and people will, what I think, will really get to enjoy a, a terrific stadium. All right. Well, I'm scheduled maybe to go uh, tour it on June 15th. Okay. Depend- you see, the problem is these tours come in the middle of the day when I'm sleeping. That's what normal people do. So if I go do the tour, yeah. then I have to bail on my show at night. And I know I never want to bail no, on my show. No, you should. You should bail on these listeners. Yeah, exactly. You should right. just be up all day. Ugh. <laughs> Ugh. Um, hang out one more segment. Sure. All right, uh, Jay Black. By the way, WSB Sports Director. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter at Jay Black Two. Two. That's correct. Jay Black Two. Lucky number. And you're not on Instagram or anything like that, right? Uh, not really. All right, <laughs> at Jay Black Two on uh, Twitter. Uh, he'll be right back. Hang tight. This is the Friday edition of the Mark Aram Show. Welcome back to the program, uh, Friday edition of the Mark Aram Show. Uh, I'm told the second hour is going to be a uh, a laugh riot. That's what Buford has told me. It's a laugh riot the second hour of the program. I don't know what he's going to play. It's going to be tough to be more funny than Jay Black, WSB Sports Director. Uh, before we get back to Jay Black, I do have a pair of tickets to uh, give away to see the Goo Goo Dolls. Are you a fan of the Goo Goo Dolls? Uh, not really. Do you so, know who they so, are? I'm, I'm aware. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Just that, not my, it, not my type big. of music. But anyway. Oh, yeah, they're big. Two tickets, uh, seventh caller to 404-741-0750, wins a pair of tickets to see the Goo Goo Dolls with Philip Phillips on Labor Day. That's Monday, September 4th at Chastain Park Amphitheater. Subscription tickets for the Delta Live Nation Concert Series B go on sale this Sunday, June 4th at 10 a.m. Again, seventh caller, 404-741-0750, wins those tickets. We talked about Mercedes-Benz. we got about a minute left here, Jay. Uh, Phillips Arena, we got the go-ahead for the uh, renovation project there. Do we know what's coming yet? What what they want to do there? They've it's which I can't. It's I always find this wording kind of strange, but they're appealing to the millennials, so they want this to be something that the millennials will enjoy. And they've flashed a few um, specs and some drawings out there. It's kind of hard to get a read on exactly what's going to be really different yeah. uh, about it from what little things they've seen. But they just want to kind of upgrade everything and. And modernize everything in the stadium that was built in 1999. Yeah, and I I love Phillips Arena. I don't. I mean, I think it's one of the finest basketball venues in the country. I don't know what they need to do. I I do think the one thing that kind of hurts it from a vibe, atmosphere, kind of design standpoint is when you have all the luxury suites on the same side of the building. Yeah, it just kind of feels like half the building's wound up and yeah. the other half's kind of quiet. Understood. So I, I don't think that's going to continue. Um, but the bottom line is you, the Hawks got to be a little better. Uh, one thing they do have to address in in the Phillips Arena redo is the men's room next okay. to media dining. I see the water in that fountain and the in the sink is the that. coldest water on the face of the earth. Okay. I'm surprised it doesn't come out <laughs> in icicles. If it's the cold, wash your hands there, Jay. Next time you're at Phillips Arena, right. the men's bathroom next to the press dining. Coldest water on earth. It's unbelievable. You can let that thing run for five minutes. It's still going to be cold. I have washed my hands there, but I did not have that experience. I must yeah. be in the wrong place. Yeah, different uh, different 
facility yes, that yes. Jay Black used. All right, on Twitter at Jay Black twenty four. Uh, follow me on Twitter. Two. two Jay Black two. two. We've been over this. Sorry, Jay Black two. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Mark Aram, Instagram Mark Aram, and uh, Facebook Mark Aram WSB. And uh, I'm on Snapchat now, but I haven't figured it out yet. But if you want to add me, it's Mark Aram Show. Because someone already st- stole Mark Aram from me. Ser- how many? Seriously, how many Mark Arams out I'm there? I'm the only one yeah, in I mean, the it's world. The one that matters. Yeah, someone's. Uh, someone's I can't help you with Snapchat. Squatting I'm on sorry. It. That's cool. All right, uh, news, weather, and traffic next. Then fun stuff. Hang tight. Friday edition of the Mark Aram Show. Thanks for listening to the Mark Aram Show podcast. Thanks for Xfinity for sponsoring said podcast. A couple of things in life I don't skimp on. Toilet paper, razor blades, seafood. I want the best of the best when it comes to all three. And internet. That's why I use Xfinity Internet. And it's the amazing 10G network. The 10G network from Xfinity. The future starts now. Smarter, more consistent, and a secure network. And it only gets better. Jump on board the Xfinity 10G network online. Just go to Xfinity.com.